Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. For everyone that consumes 100% of the content out there uh, from Blue White Illustrated, which I assume is everybody, you're watching and you're like everything we do, we write, we spend, you're consuming it all. You'll know that uh, Nate and I promised we would get this to some point. Uh, we do the, the hoop show. And here we are. We're back, Nate. How are you doing today? And how's Penn State basketball doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I am still good. And good. Uh, and Penn State basketball is not is, is not having a great time <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah, that is that is for sure. But uh, no, thank you for asking. And it's it's good to be back and to have a conversation about Penn State basketball after what is uh, another not great development. I would say uh, yeah. for for the Penn State men's basketball program. Yeah, it seems like that losing to Bucknell seventy six uh, to sixty seven this past weekend. Um, alarming. Um, are you pulling the fire alarm, or is it just like you're eyeballing the fire alarm? Yeah, I'm. No, I'm pulling it. I'm. Okay. I'm pulling it. It's. It's. Uh, it's on its own. It would be fine, right? These mm-hmm. things happen, and and I am not a person who. Uh, tends to react that way to individual losses. It happens all the time, especially in college basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got more games. Taking a night off, checking out mentally happens in in college basketball. Uh, that is what's at issue here for sure, but also something that's been at issue for two weeks, three weeks, two weeks, right? 
uh, you know, you go back to Thanksgiving Day against Texas A&M in that ESPN events invitational. That was a team that was dialed in and was attempting to knock off a a very good Texas A&M team. Gave it a go, fell short, you know, at the end, but really looked like a team that is what it could be. Right? Right. I mean, you've the, got the high got end the, of the potential here, a hundred percent. And yeah. then since then, really coming down the stretch of that game and and just kind of you know being right there, but not being able to get over the hump. Since then, it has been bad. Uh, right, it, it has been not not close um you know just a team that uh, there there have been signs there have been some good things it hasn't been hasn't been all a disaster but in terms of where you want to be in a headspace sense in a execution sense defensively yeah all, all of it has been trending in a uh a not great direction and uh and and certainly Bucknell falling to Bucknell, right? Like the way they played losing that game, it, it just continues for Penn state. What, what is undeniably and acknowledged as, as troubling, right? A troubling situation for this team this season. Yeah. Especially seeing as it seems the core things that they were going to be good at. We talked about this on the last show. Defense was supposed to be a hallmark of Mike Rhodes and his, in his situation. And it's not this year from what you've said. Yeah, it's it has it has not been good, and he he acknowledged it. Uh, he acknowledged it on Monday. There was a press conference Monday. He came back and and spoke to reporters, and there was no. It's not as though he didn't understand that some of what they were doing defensively would take time. That mm-hmm. that is that is a process. Look, Micah Shrewsbury was the same deal. He's he he spent all of their time his first season. Be, like that's the thing that uh, you need everyone to be on the same page or the, the house of cards falls apart. It, it right. just doesn't work. If you've got individuals who don't understand their assignments, don't understand the concepts, can't do those things because really what they're doing offensively uh, under Mike Rhodes, it's just concepts. They're not plays. Right? Like they're, they're not running, they're not running sets constantly. Yeah. The whole idea is if you can execute the defensive end of the floor uh, at a level that creates turnovers, gets you some easy buckets, you get up volume shots, you'll be okay offensively. That that, that will be all right. right. It's not going to be finely tuned and polished, but it will be fine. Defensively, however, the whole impetus, everything that they were trying to do this offseason was get this group together, get it on the same page, uh, and try to create the spark plug, right? Of how right. this how this team is supposed to operate. And right now, it it is not that. It is not that it has been exposed. Mike Rhodes is, I'm not saying a single thing that Mike Rhodes hasn't said himself. Uh, and so that that is a a tough spot to be in as they look. Like the easy stuff's over. The easy stuff. That's, that's the scary part, right? You talked about this of in the non-conference, you're going to have some of these wins that can get your confidence built. And suddenly they're coming out of the game against Bucknell and there's not a whole lot of confidence. There is, there is very well, low confidence, right? Very, very yeah. low. And and so it's, it's just, it's just interesting. If we, if we 
I mean, I think we should take a moment to to look at this Bucknell game and yeah. and kind of what happened, and then go from there and talk about what the conversation has been really since the Thanksgiving Day game, uh, and and including now Bucknell. So let's yeah. let's start with Bucknell, right? Yeah. So uh, give us the numbers. Give us what is alarming to you that jumps off the page. Yeah. So for, first of all, Bucknell's not good. That that's that's the first. That's the first thing, right? Is this was a two and seventeen uh, that was coming into the Bryce Jordan Center? You're playing at home, playing in front of a home crowd on a Saturday. They were twenty one and a half point favorites, and I get it. Trust yeah. me, I'm I'm very much on board with anything can happen, but it was all the same stuff, right? Uh, defensively on ball guarding is atrocious. It is so bad. They the guards are getting beat off the dribble easily and then once they get beat there's nobody there there's there's nothing in the paint to to yeah. really divert those easy looks and even when the defense is able to collapse and tries to recover same deal as as the stuff that was happening against Butler and VCU in those second and third games in the ESPN tournament okay now now you're collapsing now you're not giving up maybe quite as many free looks at the basket from 2 feet uh, but they're kicking out. They're kicking out to to the three point shooters. And yeah. what happened? What happened specifically against Bucknell that I I think is a little bit demoralizing to Penn State is you can look at at some of the shots that that uh, that Bucknell hit and say that's not a great shooting Bucknell team. Those shots don't have to go in, yeah. right? They don't they don't have to go in. But the problem is is when you look at it on on film. It's a it's it was a another situation where not being able to put Bucknell away. Penn State had bunches of opportunities to extend leads. They got it to 10 points early in the second half. And what happened was that was a Bucknell team that just had a shot of energy. They just kept yeah. building up their confidence because they were playing with Penn State throughout. Uh and then shots started to fall. They made a bunch of shots. They made a bunch of shots in the second half in particular. I just want to read this because 40. I'm looking at these numbers and it's 58% field goal shooting percentage. Another uh, hangover from the last three games. And then 48% from three. Oh, 48% they got 30 three. points off three pointers. Correct. Correct. And so, and so you shoot, you shoot 10 to 21, your perimeter defense is just not where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a symptom of, that on ball guarding that is right. That that's the first breakdown. Uh, but then after that, it not only are teams getting looks at three, but they're wide open. And mm. so when those, when those things happen to you and you're in a tight game as it was like, this wasn't a, uh, uh as though it's, it's not as though Bucknell blew out Penn state. It's you're playing toe to toe for most of the second half. Penn mm -hmm. State unable to pull away and then Bucknell starts hitting yeah. shots, right? They, yeah. they start, they start making them. It wasn't completely out of the blue. It was an earned confidence that Bucknell had. And, you know, between the big man knocking down shots in the post, he had a ton of success against Cutis. Uh, those turning into shots on the outside. It just, it just, it's a recipe for disaster for this Penn state team right now. And one that I'm not sure has an easy fix until they get on the same page defensively. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that 
Mike Rhodes talked about this week. Uh, Coming out hot in his press conference uh, in terms of like laying down the uh, not not mincing words. I could use a bunch of different cliches about how he assessed the situation for Penn State. So do you want to get to what he had to say here? Yeah, for sure. It's unacceptable. And and like I said before, and I'll say it again, that's on me. Um, we got to get our guys to completely understand how we play defense. Uh, I pride myself and our teams always on, on being able to stop people, not just in full court, but in the half court. And when you have a new team and how we do things defensively um, is foreign to not as familiar to some of these guys, uh, it's, it's not as consistent. I knew that going into it. Uh, but our breakdown of, of guarding the ball and getting in rotation so quickly and uh, making us give up open threes, that's just not how we do things. we got to continue to get better at it. But we also got to understand who we have out there and what we're capable of doing and what we're not in that. And then that's adjustments and, and our coaching staff making the right decisions with certain guys out there. So. And I want to say, like, it's my job to set you up for success, and I totally failed on that setup for that. Clip. No, stop it. <laughs> no, it, it, the the point is, they they he, he's saying two things, right? Uh, yeah, that's not how that's not how they do things. So, bottom line, they're not executing the the way that they're intended to. Which mm-hmm. we're gonna get to a Kanye Clary clip here in a second which I'm going to preview for you. He says the same thing. (laughs) And then number two, number two, and, and something that I, my antenna shot up just a little bit is I think there's a settling in to the notion that some of these guys right now don't get it. And they need to be better as a coaching staff of putting players in positions to succeed. Meaning Mm -hmm. Don't, don't have guys on the floor that can't do it. Right. Right. You gotta, you gotta pull some of those minutes or you gotta, you gotta make sure that the things that you are asking them to execute in those moments for the players that are on the floor that they're capable of doing. If, if, if they can't, then you either gotta, you gotta change it out or give them something more manageable that, that they have absorbed at this point in the process. Well, it seems like that's kind of a difficult thing because it's not like they had a deep roster of players they were willing to go to I imagine I mean they they had to build this team on the fly and like does are are there players to go to did they bring in enough depth for the team to make adjustments because you you make a good point of like these problems seem they're now chronic they are now a serious problem that is leading to I would say you would call unacceptable losses What's the path forward? Because it sounds like if you're bad at defense at this point, are you going to get better? So what what's the fix then? Yeah, it's it is it is getting the players that you have. It, it's it's twofold: getting the players that you have up to speed more, and that's just time, effort, energy, all all of those things. Mm-hmm. Getting their heads right because those are a problem that we'll discuss later in this show. Uh, and then also, I think what I'm saying he's acknowledging to a certain extent is simplifying, Try, trying to gotcha. trying to reduce some of the clutter in terms of what they're asking these guys to do. But uh, I do want to run run through a couple of points per possession numbers because like this stuff is no good, <laughs> right? Like just on a bottom line yeah. level, you can look at at the three games uh, in the tournament over Thanksgiving and say, okay, well. 
maybe Bucknell is a little bit better uh, of an effort because you, you held them to under 80, but that's not even the point. The point is Texas A&M went 1.435 points per possession, Butler 1.27, VCU 1.229, and Bucknell 1.206. Mm-hmm. You can't survive. This is this is not a team that can live with those types of points per possession numbers. Yeah. So until how high, how much over, where do they have to get to? What do they have to reduce that number to so that they can be competitive in these games? How much defensively do they ground do they need to make up? I mean, uh, considerably okay. by, by point two, right? Like you wanted a, at at least one, uh, right. preferably okay. under that. If if you have the option, if you, if you're able to to execute that, but. They're just they're just not there, and so on. Uh, I mean, look, maybe you can make the argument just the way that I read off those numbers that they're improving slightly, right? <laughs> kind of. It's a it's right. It's a it's a a very gradual level of improvements in terms of points per possession, but it's all way more than it should be. Yeah, uh, and and that's something that they they just got to get cleaned up. And uh, I'll I'll let you play this Clary clip here. It's something that the players themselves can acknowledge is is on them. It's right. They they just they just need to be able. This is not about a lack of talent or athleticism. They have the bodies to be able to do this. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of hey, you got to absorb it. You got to be quicker in the game, thinking about what you're supposed to do, and then being able to go out and execute it. Uh, just we're not doing the things that we taught uh, our principles that uh, Coach Rose and the rest of the staff hammers us every day about. Uh, little things like uh, holding in as a low man, tagging or tagging, just just little things like talking as a team. We just uh, we haven't really been uh, all the way there, uh, locked in mentally, uh, especially like you said in the defense end. So yeah, just th- those things. So I don't want to make too many comparisons to football, but this kind of feels like. Uh, the receiver situation at no point this year did Penn state have bad talent. Like Dante Cephas is a talented receiver just from a here. Just give me, I'll give you two things. First off his arms. When you see him in person, his frame is massive for a guy who is just six feet, six one. Like he's got really long arms. He's got good movement skills. He's a guy that, as you saw down the stretch, was a good receiver. You know, I think you can make a comparison. You said like, it's not a lack of talent. Uh, Malik McLean is probably one of the more talented receivers in a while from a physical standpoint to come through Penn state. Um, but they didn't get it. They, whatever it was, they didn't get it and it didn't get better. So I guess like talent is only half the equation. Um, and I know I'm asking the same question, but I'm trying to frame it in a different way of, I'm just trying to be polite about it. Are they going to be able to get it? That, and so that's, that is the next major point here is if you listen to Rhodes on Monday, He's saying they have to, that Mm -hmm. there isn't an alternative. There's no, there's no other path to go down based on how this roster was constructed. It, it is going to take time, right? I'm, I'm happy and willing. And I think fans should do the same to acknowledge that this takes time. And that Mm -hmm. is the thing that they don't have. They don't have time right now. They didn't have time before the start of the season to build up uh, a, a reserve of understanding. It's not, yeah. it's not second nature to any of these guys. Yeah. The, you're the only guys who it's, it's second nature to are 
Ace Baldwin and Nick Kern. And so mm-hmm. everybody else is being asked to do something different from what they've done previously in their careers, either to a huge extent or even to a minor extent. It's still, it's still different. Yeah. So the, the, the fact is though, what Mike Rhodes is saying is they, they believe that they can still win this way, that, that, that the formula that they've outlined, the way that they've constructed this roster and mm-hmm. the things that they want to do, the foundational principles that they have defensively uh, can still happen uh offensively they're not great that they they've got to be better shooting the ball on the perimeter that that is an important component to this they need more points off of turnovers they need easier buckets all all of that is fine it is not as though this is just a defensive lapse for for penn state but fundamentally uh it, it is a matter of getting the defense to be on the same page and more important, this is what I just talked about a couple of minutes ago. They got to get guys into the right headspace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is it is a massive soft sciences conversation right now. Everything that he talked about down in Orlando and then the, the week leading into the Bucknell game, after the Bucknell game, and then again on Monday is about morale and being able to fight through adversity and and how a new team operates differently from one that has gained like experience they they have must like older teams <coughs> excuse me teams that have been around each other mm-hmm. and can rely on each other they're like it's real that's a real thing of yeah. having trust about the guy next to you doing the practice. right thing Right. Correct. Practice. And they haven't had as much time to practice as some other teams. I guess that's a great point. And I want to just redirect you down this channel. I don't think anyone is expecting Penn State basketball this year to be competing for an NCAA berth or anything like that. I think that there were understood expectations of what happened in the portal, how many players they had to find and bring in. Um, I guess the, the framing around this has been competitive and progress. So is it better to be competitive and get that headspace right and then work on those defensive principles later, maybe even in the offseason, not even this year? Or do you want to be building the foundations of the program right now and win-loss? Like, the more important thing is the long view. I mean, it's it's both. You can't, you can't ever be okay with losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what, you just that that sets the the wrong tone. And I and I think that part of this is you've got a bunch of guys who expect to win. And the but but the issue at hand right now is guys who are expecting to win are not responding well to being put in more difficult situations than they're expecting. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's 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 almost like a um you know kind of a toxic locker room culture i'm i'm not going to i'm not going to go down like i don't know right mm-hmm. I, i'm just i'm just talking about things that are being alluded to bad but vibes. if you if you bad vibes bad yeah. vibes is it's his fault it's it's his fault if right if this would have happened what whatever i'm only trying to make up for failures that are happening in other places. And that is a part of it. That is something that Mike Rhodes has said is uh, that, that conversation about going rogue that he had two weeks ago. 
that that that's an issue is the, the one letdown one lapse again makes the whole thing fall apart so when when you don't have that established trust that established those established relationships it turns into a blame game and mm-hmm. they just they got to fix that they, they got to be able to pound through that and say hey this is the team this, this is who we are and go with it from there uh, and this is what he had to say about that in specific. Not a, not not well. Uh, not not like we have to. Uh, you know, I, we allow frustration to take over. Um, and you know, the number one thing before you can beat people is don't beat yourself. And number two is uh, your reaction to a bad play. The most important play in the game is always the next play. Uh, and and we're just not doing a good enough job. It's part of it is because guys want to win so bad, and it's not going the way we want, and we're not adjusting. And we, we you know that's part of being a new team and a new program is we got to get good at that. Interesting uh, framing of how you said it and how he said it, and I think that that's uh, um, I just find that fascinating. Of you're saying the same thing, but it, it, the context there. A little more detailed what you're saying it just it paints two pictures of guys that really are frustrated and they want to win and then guys that are internally i guess as you pointed out it's a little bit uh imploding the uh, implosion adjacent is that fair to uh, characterize it 100 percent, 100 percent is uh later in that clip he talks about beating themselves yeah. and that like that it, it's a hard conversation to have because you, I, I don't want to paint the picture as though this is a Penn State team that can compete and beat anybody on the schedule. They can't. They're not at that good, right? They're mm. not as good. If even if they're playing in the best headspace and and being all of the, the best that they can be, they're going to lose games. That's fine. Like you can live with that if you're Mike Rhodes. What you can't live with is having the situation that they currently have, which is, okay, at the first sign of trouble, at the first sign of things not going the way that you want, turning on each other, Mm -hmm. having, again, bad vibes, being in a bad place where you're so frustrated that you let one mistake turn into two, you let one loss turn into two, turn into four now, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a recipe for disaster. And I I don't know how he gets out of it, but I asked him after the game on Saturday, how much was execution and how much was upstairs? And I, I mean, he, he, it was all of it. Yeah. It was all of it, right? <laughs> it, it, they, they are able, they have the ability to beat but Bucknell. Like they should win that game. They can win that game. It wasn't a matter of, Hey, this is just, that shots didn't fall or one thing here and there it was no uh check checking out Mm -hmm. checking out not be not being uh fully engaged fully committed to the concepts and executing them and when you have to deal with that 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 is a much much harder thing to stomach and and a much bigger hill to climb to get this team back on board and back into the place where it needs to be uh, I'm going to interject here with a commentary uh, within no way has fact, but I just think is appropriate. 
Sounds like one of those closed door player led meetings needs to happen. They need to have one of those players only <laughs> meetings where they clear the air. And that's, I mean, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, but, but the problem, the problem, and we'll, we'll get into it right now is look, Ace Baldwin has come off the bench twice. He came off the bench on Saturday and he came off the bench the second week of the season, uh, excuse me, the second game of the season against Lehigh. Uh, Let's not read into this, okay? Let's not. I don't want. I don't want to travel down a rabbit hole and make inferences beyond what we know. What we know is that had never happened in his career prior to being at Penn State. Over something over the last seven games has caused Mike Rhodes to not be confident enough or to be disappointed enough mm-hmm. to issue a repercussion okay talking about standards talking about doing things the right way uh right he's been very vague in how he's dealt with this situation but there is a bottom line reality here of penn state's biggest transfer portal hall the the guy that was the defensive player of the year the a10 player of the year last season coming off the bench as the result of a coach's decision meaning Mm -hmm. Something's not right. <laughs> Something's not right with Ace Baldwin. And right. I think that there are others in there too who you're not going to notice it as much because that initial penalty of coming off the bench instead of starting, maybe they're not starters, right? But you, you've got a situation where he he has more or less been gentle in how he's alluded to it. But the bottom line reality is They've got conduct in this program from players not living up to the standard that he expects. And, and I'm open. I'm going to leave that at that as everything that's happening outside of the 40 minutes of a game, not where it needs to be, not where it needs to be. And when that is coming from your leader, the guy who's supposed to be the leader, that, that just, that does not bode well. That is that is something that that you got to get cleaned up and fixed as soon as possible. Uh, and as as Rhodes will say here, the the upside, the the trajectory side of it is that Ace apparently is on board with fixing these things. But you, you know, at this juncture in the season, at the stage that they're in right now, it, it's a crisis. I need a better ace. Uh, I love that kid. I love him with every fiber in my body. Uh, but uh, at all levels, I need a better ace. We all do. Uh, but he wants to do better, too. And, uh, you know, the one thing I love about that kid, uh, like, a, like a bunch of guys on the team, like they, they want to they win. They want to compete. We just got to go about it the right way. So that I, I just, Nate, you're the best at inferences. You, I, I thought I was good at context clues. Your ability to parse through speech and understand what people are actually saying is just phenomenal. So you are a credit oh, to stop. the Penn State Hoops uh, <laughs> podcast. You are a credit to what we do here. So what's next for this team? Um, because I know coming up tomorrow, if you're watching this on Tuesday, or today, if you're watching this on Wednesday, Maryland, <laughs> Big Ten play. Hey, we don't know if we've got leaders. We don't know if we've got infighting. We don't know if we've got stability in the program. But you know, we know what we have. Big Ten games are coming around the corner. So what? What? What now? What now? Yeah, I, look, Maryland is always tough. So they're four and four right now. Um, 
you know, they they lost at Indiana. They've already played a game uh, a few days ago in, in Big Ten play. But like at Maryland it is always a tough place to play. It has given Penn State problems in the past. Uh, and this is a Maryland team that has expectations, right? I mean, they were expected. They were anticipated to, to finish in the top half of the league. I'm not going to say that they were going to finish, you know, third or second, but yeah, this is not the start that Maryland wanted, but it still has talent. There are still players there at Maryland. So uh, look, Penn State is is very much in this window of, uh, like we talked about last week, there was time to correct and to get right some of the issues. Not not comprehensively, maybe you can't fix everything in one week, but there was some practice time there. They play that like that's gone for the immediate. They yeah. have to they have to play on Wednesday. They play Maryland on Wednesday. Then they're back home against Ohio State on Saturday uh, at the Bryce Jordan Center, an Ohio State team that has talent, right? And then they get another break before they go back on the road. Not tr- not necessarily a true road game, more of a, a a neutral game at Madison Square Garden against Georgia Tech. Georgia mm-hmm. Tech just beat Duke. Uh, Ohio State is seven and one right now. Like <laughs> uh, has an NCAA net ranking of number twenty. So you've got three teams here in a row. Uh, even with the 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 break leading the the week break between Ohio State and Georgia Tech, it, it's tough. Like this is this is a a tough spot for this program and this team to be in right now, given the fact that. The, the games are getting harder, they're, they're, right? So you, you want to yeah. fix yourself, but also you need to be prepared for improved competition. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, they, they're just, they're going to have to get their own house in order first and then take on those, those challenges. But it, it is a, uh, it is a not easy road ahead necessarily yeah. for, for this Penn state basketball team, especially if, if uh, adversity is causing conflict and then conflict is causing breakdowns, you have a lot more adversity uh, on the horizon. So even before totally. big 10 play uh, to start the new year. So yikes. Yikes. <clears throat> yikes. I guess that's where we'll leave it. Yikes. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Nate, thanks for your, uh, your perspective and, and giving us some information about Penn State basketball. We're going to be doing this again, obviously, as the season goes on. So these games will happen. We'll be back with more on the hoop show to give you the inside scoop on. Did any of that get fixed? Did it, did we see any progress? That's going to be the next thing from this program. Um, as we start here, the baby steps and the building blocks of a new program are always hard. This one, from what Nate just outlined, yikes. Also hard. Also hard. We'll see. You. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.